Good evening, everybody, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. I am grateful if you are taking some time out of your day to check out my first podcast, Unscripted. This will be a rather informal podcast, and I'm just going to touch upon a few things um, which is difficult to do in these heavy, heavy times that we live in. Uh, The podcast is called Unscripted, and that's half true, half not. Sometimes I'll fly off the cuff, and I embrace really dark, demented humor, Um, but I'm also a freedom-loving American, and uh, these are issues that frankly should be of grave concern to every freedom-loving American and all freedom-loving people around the world. And tonight I would like to address uh, a few things briefly in this introductory 30-minute episode. Now a schedule will come out shortly that I will post on Substack um, with what each episode there will be four per week Um, two will be purely unscripted but still based on the issues we're dealing with and then two will be more fact heavy but I promise to be um, inappropriate at times when it calls for it I promise to add a little bit of levity and be uh, completely and thoroughly immature Uh, I also want to say that Um, should I even gain a listener um, I'm willing to talk to anybody so for people who are throwing slugs like anti-vaxxers this that I'm I'm so tired of all of that my response on Twitter uh, or wherever is let's hop on a zoom call we'll record it and you can bring your evidence and I will bring my binders of evidence and we'll compare them and we can post it uh, on YouTube or we can just keep it private. I'm a person of my word. Um, but instead of, uh, instead of name calling, I, I have done that before where I've engaged in conversations with people um, and it's been really rewarding. Um, however, most people when you pitch that they either do one of two things they disappear or they say something nasty and just ridiculous uh, back so um, don't have time for individuals like that Uh, first and foremost on my list here frankly is a tribute to all those individuals that are working on the front lines. The reality is that there's too many to list. I was going to start to rattle off a list, um, and it's not like I have any listeners yet. I hope that that changes. Share this, listen to this, give me feedback. Um, But the reality is is that um, there's tons of them uh, that are really putting their bodies on the line, putting their fortunes, uh, if they're self-made on the line, from Dan Bongino, who I'm not too, too familiar with, but he really, even though he got the vaccination, he really stood, um, and heaven knows the man was through, went through it a lot with the ordeal with Parler, 
um, and all that. He really stood up for his people, and as did other outlets as well. But the concern that uh, that I have, um, that Shannon Joy, uh, who broadcasts out of WHAM, W H A M, in Rochester, New York, um, Shannon has brought up many times that this will be a local fight, uh, if you prefer the word engagement. If fight uh, is too like you know aggro for you and it's a trigger, or no, just playing. I don't I don't play with games like that on here. Um, she talks about taking the fight to the local level. Steve Dace does on his show as well. Steve Dace, Todd Erzing, and Aaron McIntyre, they do a phenomenal job. They are hugely underrated and have, from the beginning, been on top of this following facts, studies, and um, it's amazing you can put some of this information in front of people. Um, you know, studies out of Israel, studies out of the UK, study, you know... Um, some of the smartest people you'll know, including family members in my case, and um, they won't want to look at it. Instead, they'll, they'll look at Ouchie Fauci up there at the podium, and, uh, and, and they just, they, they're just more inclined to hang on every word that he says um, instead of look into his background. And I, and I know that if you are a parent and you are, you know, you've got a kid or several kids and you're you know you're just trying to make it by and you don't have the time to necessarily do this kind of research i get that but there also comes a cost um those dance recitals those little league games all of those things none of it's going to matter if we don't address these things the future that they have in store for us is not going to comport with anybody's view i know i know the argument that uh, you know steve makes for example that there's people begging for their slavery i think that um people don't want freedom because it's a responsibility and a burden but they don't necessarily there's some that get that but they're most of them really are just brainwashed and don't understand they just don't understand what a community can do for itself, how it can govern itself, how how people can help uh, people, and you don't need, nor should you want, government intervention. But I digress, as I tend to do. A tribute to all of those, um, to the truckers in Canada, to the people uh, organizing marches like the D.C. rally around the world people who are really putting themselves out there. I admire you. I hope to join you. Um, and all I can say is that you're an inspiration. Now, as someone who is, uh, you know, not married with kids, in fact, I essentially live in a, in a shed. Um, if only I were joking, but not for long. Soon I will embark on my journey to Florida, um, where I will probably also live in a shed for a period of time but things will even out um i also forgot what i was saying and, and that's 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 gonna happen uh, kind of kind of uh a lot as i like i said as i digress but onto my onto my agenda items 
after the tribute, um, just I just can't thank these people enough. Number two is the question, is, is the COVID madness concluding? You've heard a lot of people talk about this, um, and my answer is a mixed answer, yes and no. First of all, I'm going to make a prediction right here, right now, and hopefully I'll gather a lot of listeners, but maybe nobody will hear this at all. But I've said it to my family, um, my father being the only one that, and little brother being the only ones that actually listen, um, the masks and the mask culture will go away this year, 100% guaranteed, March of 2023 at the latest. Why? Because in the smart cities that they're building, that researcher Allison McDowell talks so well about, you really need to check out her work if you want a, a real understanding of the world that we're heading into, the digital reservations, the limits on our freedoms. Um, they cannot have uh, and uh, deploy the the facial recognition software like they have in China if we're all wearing masks. So you're going to start to see that narrative slowly shift. Um, and of course, you know, people are like lemmings to the sea. Uh, you know, if CNN says it and they all start echoing it, you know, you might have a tiny cohort left who's really diehard, but uh, that's it. Masks are going away. This was all just um, this first, the, the, the COVID pandemic, the vaccination, all of that stuff, um, I believe, has multiple pur purposes. Um, I know it has multiple purposes. I can prove some of it, some of it I can't. One thing I can prove, we just don't have time, but we can certainly dedicate a show to it, um, Allison would be a great guest to have, is that the, the passport has nothing to do with um, medical information. It has to do with, uh, ultimately, these smart cities will be like a metaverse. It, you'll have the Internet of Bodies, the Internet of Things, um, and then the spatial web, okay? And uh, all these things are going to interact with one another, and your QR code, whether it's uh, tattooed on your hand, eventually embedded in you, uh, will be integral in that process. Um, we will be linked to the cloud. There will be universal basic income. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I'll try to link to it if I can remember, but there's a, a YouTube video on um, digital autonomous organizations, and it's an interview with the Stanford student, students, I'll try to look it up now, and uh, they're essentially talking about these things. Now, it's important to remember that that if you watch this, uh, essentially what these students are saying, digital autonomous organizations, um, is that these uh, artificial intelligence will write code, rule the day, and make sure that we are all, um, everyone's being treated fairly. But when asked the question about whether or not they have control over the code, the answer is no. So let me tie that all together because I can be, like I said, unscripted and fly by the seat of my pants. Governments are going to function this way. 
in the very near future, in the, in the almost immediate future, if they can get away with it. Now, the more we talk about these issues, uh, the more we slow them down, the more we expose it. Um, but then they'll just, they'll just continue to try to find end runs around that. Um, you are not going to have, they're going to call it, I, you know, I, I drive to work uh, on my night shifts, and I pass a billboard on I-35 here in Austin, Texas, and it's a very plain-looking billboard, and I'm not going to get it verbatim, but it says something to the effect of um, cryptocurrency is the silent revolution right under your nose. Um, nothing could be a bigger lie. Blockchains and that technology is tantamount to absolute and total slavery. And um, that's not something I say lightly. Um, that's something that I can prove. And it, I'll even say that I'm a hypocrite because I have some crypto. I also realize this is the world we're going into, and I need to be ready for it. Um, so I found that uh, that link, Stanford, um, BioE60, Beyond Bitcoin, Decentralized Autonomous Organizations, they get into really talking about that, some pretty scary stuff. Essentially, you won't have humans making decisions at all, um, and they're calling that, you know, democracy and fairness. Uh, now, let me pose a quick question for you. Do you think that the elite are going to be bound by these rules? No, they're, they're not going to be. So anyway, to get back to the, the question, is the COVID madness concluding? And I said I had a mixed answer. Um, masks will go away. They want, they're going to get the passport hook or crook. And I don't know how long that's going to take, but they're not, you know, they will eventually will remove the COVID stigma from it. Uh, but they have other agenda items to move us to where we need to be by 2030. And they are um, very set on doing this. All you need to do is go to the World Economic Forum and read. They're not hiding it. As Alison McDowell, the researcher, likes to say, um, no one dropped me a hot tip. You know, when people are like, oh my goodness, you know, where did you get this information? This is, this is mind bending. And it's all there. And, and that is really difficult. And as someone without a family, I do look at it as my obligation to research this for people and to, to offer it to them. Um, in the, it, I think it's a biblical phrase, uh, no more casting uh, pearls to the swine. So in certain circumstances, I'm done doing that. Um, we've reached and passed several inflection points where there's no turning back, but there's still some things that we can do. So is the COVID madness concluding? Um, some of it will remain just so that they can bubble it up when they need to, but the next big thing is going to be Operation uh, collective strength, keep your eye on that. Now, does that mean that uh, on the day that they hold those war games, let's see when that is, um, that, you know, there's going to be a financial collapse? No. What it means is um, they want a digital currency. They want uh, to collapse the dollar, which is why they're spending so much now. It's not because they 
have a big heart and uh, give a, a, a crap about you and your family. Um, they don't. They don't give a shit about your children. Um, don't take that federal money. You are a, essentially obligating yourself to be their slave even more than you already are because we all participate in the system whether we like it or not so i wouldn't do that um but but this is the next step um i don't want a video here but maybe i'll include it in the link for people um what i was looking for is the routers article uh, routers here we go um, exclusive 10 countries to simulate a cyber attack on global financial system. Now, I want to harken back a year or so ago, approaching a year, and um, feel free to Google or search YouTube when Bill Gates said that um, we need to be prepared for a cyber pandemic. And then, of course, if you remember, we had the cyber attacks on power plants, I think. I forget the specifics, but they're, they're clearly gearing up to um, to pitch us the solution to this big problem, you know how we you know how blockchain and all of that is going to solve our problems. So just a little bit of the article: uh, Jerusalem, December 9th, Israel on Thursday led a ten. Oh, it already happened. Uh, led a ten-country simulation of a major cyber attack on the global financial system in an attempt to increase cooperation that could help minimize any potential damage to financial markets and banks. Uh, the war game lasted over 10 days. I believe that there's another one coming up, which is why I'm, I'm trying to skip to it and find it. Um, there is, uh, but I will link to this article as well. Um, if it's already behind us, and I missed that, that actually does not bode, <laughs> bode well. That, that could mean that it's closer than I thought. I thought it was going to be in the spring. Um, so anyway, but, the, but the, next, the next step, I think, will be a twin set of catastrophes or crises. Um, we will have um, the, the cyber situation going on. Um, which can take down the ramifications for, for that are, you know, I mean, everything. The power grid, every, all services, um, anything you can think of at this point. We're, we're not even really aware of just how much um, algorithmic artificial intelligence that I believe is perhaps sentient at this point is uh, ruling the day. Um, so anyway, moving on to the truckers in Canada, um, this is not something I know a huge amount about, but the little bit I do know is incredibly inspiring. Um, nonetheless, from what I understand, the Canadian government is refusing to budge. Seemingly, uh, like the governor of New York, um, was it Kathy Holcomb? Doesn't even matter. Her name doesn't matter. It's just a face. Uh, the the court, I believe it's the Ninth Circuit Court in New York. Um, uh, court New York masks that ruled against um, 
mask mandates. Uh, let's see, Go- Governor Hochul extends New York coronavirus mask mandate um, as appellate court hears appeal. So, of course, they're 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 going back to 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 court. The judge put uh, uh, the New York State judge strikes. Okay, here we go. Uh, CNN. I hate to even click on that. It makes me. Um, I get sick. I mean, there's oily discharge. There's vomit. I, I just can't do it. Politico. Oh God, all of these. NPR. Oh Jesus Christ. Pardon me. Um, God, we'll just we'll just click on something here. I'm going to be sick. Axios. Holy crap. Uh, New York Supreme Court grants stay for indoor mask mandate. A New York appellate judge granted a stay on the state's indoor mask mandate Tuesday evening, leaving the rule in place as the issue is litigated. So big pic- the big picture here, they say, is that Kathy Hochul announced the indoor mask mandate back in December. Um, I'm looking at something different here. Let's see. What I'm looking for, because there was there was a bit of news. They actually had a victory, and it didn't really matter because she just ignored it anyway. Um, and maybe I'll have to go to Shannon's website to look that up later. Uh, okay. New York mask mandate back in effect after Judge Grant's day. So um, they had a win and then a loss. So, but but regardless, it's clear that they're not following. We we cannot count on courts to save us. I hate to say it, but elections and voting isn't going to do it either. There's no way around this thing. We have to go through this thing. Now, at your very local level, that's a different story. Being involved in local government there makes all the difference in the world. Um, this is just my opinion here, but I think it's a pretty high-octane one. Once you get to the state level, and absolutely at the federal level, uh, we don't have a legitimate government any longer. Um, me personally, I do not recognize the regime in the District of Columbia as anything other than a terrorist regime. And um, people get alarmed sometimes when I say that, uh, or when I say that the media, the mainstream media outlets are terrorist organizations. Um, I'm not going to do it here for you. Go look up the definition of terrorism, and then look at what the media is doing, inciting violence against people who question the vaccine, automatically calling them anti-vaxxers. They're creating a two-tier society right before our eyes. I'm having to leave where I live um, in search of work, which I will land on my feet. I will figure it out. But my passion, my wheelhouse for 16 years was working in residential treatment centers uh, with at-risk youth. Now that is off limits because I am holding out on the vaccination for a slew of reasons. Chief among them, I was a severely vac- uh, severely I suffered a severe vaccine injury as um, as a young child, and it 
was 10 years at least of um, ineffable misery ameliorated only by my mother and my father's teamwork and my mom's crusade to find me help. Um, And I have continuing health impacts from that injury uh, to this day, including living with multiple sclerosis, which officially doctors say um, has no connection. I don't believe that. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong. It just seems like, you know, highly improbable considering there's, uh, let's see, in the family history. Oh, yeah, that's right. There's nobody in my family with a history of any type of it autoimmune or uh, auto-mediated illnesses. Um, I believe, back to the to the truckers, uh, go go as long as you need to. Go as long as you need to. Now my heart goes out to people who aren't prepared, but I'm as prepared as I can be for this. I mean, it's going to be rough, but I'm prepared to go without. As Steve Day says on his show, we need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. This doesn't come without sacrifice if we want to maintain any semblance of freedom whatsoever. In a discussion in March with my sister when I was trying to um, give her some information on this stuff, she did make a good good point, I suppose, but also one that... (laughs) Well, let me tell you the point that she made. You know, I, I gave her the breakdown. We really didn't have much time. We had an hour before, you know, um, the kids got home and she had her slew of of, um, of stuff to do, of places to take them. And she said to me, you know, she stood up and said, you know, suppose you're, you're right about all of this and maybe you are. Um, what do I do? Am I supposed to quit my job and lose the house and all the rest and it's a very hard question um and here's the answer yes you are easy for me to say hard for you to do absolutely but we have this weird notion uh, in modern america maybe it's always existed um and people have just come around we have this weird notion that you know we can kind of just let things go on autopilot and it will be okay and we deserve to not have to sacrifice anything or or um, suffer i i know a few families who had to make major pivots um, to stick to their principles to not get their children vaccinated not get vaccinated themselves and guess what it was incredibly brutal and difficult um, and grueling but they made it and they're turning the corner in some of in one case especially um, starting a business friend that started a business they are thriving um, catering to everybody but especially the unvaccinated Uh, but again they don't discriminate like the others so they're welcoming everybody who into their establishment it's going to come with sacrifice. Now, I'm not trying to sound arrogant or anything, but I live in what some would call a tiny house. It's really a shed. It has no running water, no toilet, no shower, no nothing. Uh, So I live about as simply as you can imagine. 
and I have everything that I need uh, to make it, it, you know, a good few months if the shelves were empty. So truckers here in America, truckers in Canada, where what, what, stop everything if that's what you've got to do. Um, and the government, they want this, the governments of the world, the really, we can get into that another time, they're, they're not really calling the shots, but they're going to get it hook or crook, but we can slow them down. And while we slow them down, that can give us time to decide what our next uh, pivot is going to be, what our next move is going to be. Um, so what's next to advance the agenda? I already talked about uh, collective um, strength and really <laughs> the next few years if left unchecked um, I forget who Alison McDowell was quoting when she said that the world that they're creating the tectonic shift that's taking place is going to be so monumental that we, as of yet, do not possess the vocabulary to describe it, nor the mental framework in which to conceptualize it. Now, those of us who have been researching this relentlessly have sort of a mental framework, um, but there's a lot of nuts and bolts, a lot of moving parts. Uh, they may not even be able to pull it off, but the odds are certainly in their favor at this point, despite the fact that we've been able to put a lot of check marks in the W column there, in the win column, um, I think that people need to brace themselves spiritually or whatever it is. You know, I'm a devout person. I, you know, uh, my relationship with God is very important to me. Um, whatever you got to do to lean forward and get and get ready, because it's going to seem to happen incrementally. Um, and then we're going to be in a maelstrom of, of just, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, they want to bring people to their knees with fear. And they have an endless list of tools to do so. They haven't even cracked out the big guns yet. Not even close. And here in America, we need to stand as unified as we can. It does not matter. It doesn't matter. If you're on the left or if you're on the right, fuck those designations. Please hear me when I tell you that if you're on the left, for for example, or on the right, and you support these vaccine mandates, that precedent is going to set the set the. And I don't. This isn't conjecture. I know this. We can get into it in, in, in another program. But they have a cascade of mandates coming down the pike, and you're not going to like them. You're going to bump into one that you don't like, and guess what? There's going to be not a damn thing you can do about it because. You allowed the precedent to be set. You allowed an entire group of people to be abused. Um, one more thing about about sacrifice. You know, a, a good friend of mine, the people that I rent from 
here, I mean, they're they're both unvaccinated as well. But, uh, you know, one of them um, was very candid about, uh, you know, she's like, if my job makes me get vaccinated, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to, you know, give up the house. No offense. First of all, it's not that nice of a house. Secondly, all I've heard from this individual for years is how much she vehemently hates her job with like a visceral hatred. And yet she's willing to fold on her principles with such rapidity that it just leaves you breathless. Um, If they tell her, yeah, you have to do it, boom, she's going to do it. Um, And a lot of people take this stance. A lot of people take the stance that it's happening anyway, so just roll over. And believe me, there are many days when that's attempting, uh, where, where I find that appealing. Let's just binge on, uh, on Amazon, on Netflix, whatever, and uh, fuck all, right? Because it's happening anyway. Um, but the reality is, when I look at the big picture, Allison, I keep coming back to her because she's such an amazing researcher, um, put it best, and that is that it is our duty. And, and somebody who's worked with youth for, you know, 16, all of, my, all of my career, I'm 40 years old now, got out of college, started doing it, and stopped when I got laid off. Um, we have an obligation to stand between this edifice of power, this beast, and our, our young, because that's who they're after the most. That's who they're after the most. We have to interrogate this system, rattle the cage. We need a complete overhaul, and we need people, including myself, that are willing to sacrifice. And that is a really hard thing. As my dad always said, people want to avoid pain. Hell, I want to avoid pain. But you know what? We'll conclude with this. This government and every other government around the world, including Australia, which we'll get into another time, the horrors that are taking place down there, and we just move on like it's nothing. They would not be doing this to us if we resisted and we showed them who's boss. If we did that, this calamity would end instantaneously, 100% guaranteed. On that note, everybody have a blessed night and stay tuned for Tuesday's episode.